Welcome everyone to part one of season two, episode two of the No One Really Cares podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation here. Me and my guests cover some deep topics regarding working, being a college athlete, and balance. My guest shares his personal stories in a matter that I found very captivating. Let me know what you think. Uh, wait, no one really cares about that. Anyways, so here we go. The spice in there it is. Really? Okay. He wants a response. He wants a reaction. No one really cares. No one really cares. No one really cares. No one cares. No one cares. Nobody cares. No, you? No. No one. No one actually cares. Nobody. None. No one. Welcome back, everyone, to the No One Really Cares podcast. My name is... Uh, no one really cares. And I'm here with... Hey, this is Kags, but I'm pretty sure no one really cares. <laughs> I love it. He's here. He's. Uh, this is actually your first podcast, so... I feel very honored. Welcome. Um, how does it feel? You know what? It, it feels incredible, actually. So I'm glad you reached out. I'm excited to kind of get into the conversation, man. I'm kind of just ready to kind of jump into this. That's exciting. And it's it's it re it's really heartwarming that this is just like kind of a project that I did just to like get things off my chest. That was just right. the heart of it. I just wanted to like speak to people and have good conversations. So it really means a lot that like you wanted to be a part of it. You want it, and and you're you're enforcing the brand. So I really appreciate it. And anyone who's listening, if they ever want to like be on this, you're welcome to just send me a, a message. Um, and yeah, let's let's get to it. You came awesome. actually with your own topic, and I love that because first off, I feel like I can talk basically about anything. But second, this is something I'm pretty passionate about. Um, we're going to be talking about college athletics and specifically corporate America tying into college athletics as well as transitioning out of college athletics into things like having a new family, going into the workplace. And me, I have a little of experience in this mainly because I kind of did college athletics for like one year. I ran track. Um, I wasn't a part of like any college team, but the story is like – and it's a pretty long one is that I did all the things that you would do as a college athlete with none of the glory because I was representing myself in track. And you were, to my knowledge, a football player, correct? I was, yeah. I absolutely was, man. And, and, and you know, not getting glory but kind of still going through it, hey, man, that's, uh, that's hats off to you because, uh, you know, I'd argue that's even tougher. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah, there, I didn't have any of the resources that college athletes did. Every single day after school – I was taking Marta all the way to North Springs High School, and I was training for two hours, coming back, then doing school. So, like, I just had to hustle. But I, I'll give you the props you deserve, too. Being a, a college football player at a D1 school is by no means easy. And I, I'm sure also, like, a second topic – they need to be getting paid, and I know that people don't agree with this, and those people I think are ridiculous. I hope you agree with it because the amount of work oh, that they put in is ridiculous, and they don't get paid. It's a full-time job. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's a heated topic within itself, and uh, I, I bet everyone has their own opinions on it based on your own experience, but uh, obviously being an athlete and kind of going through the rigorness of kind of Georgia Tech in, it, in itself and with football and, and athletics – 
or academics, um, you know, I, I'm going to advocate for athletes getting paid for sure, man. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to happen. It's more of a thing about when. So right. you transitioned out of being a football player about like two, yeah. two, three years ago, correct? Yeah, so I guess uh, I guess I'll start with that backstory. Um, I graduated in May of 2018, um, so about two and a half years now, going on three years. Um, and, and for me, it was a unique experience because at the time I was expecting a daughter. At the time, so um, you know, kind of everything that I was going through was kind of magnified and, and amplified, right? Um, found out my girlfriend and I were pregnant during the senior season of my football year. So halfway through the season, we found out, right? Um, so kind of that season, the rest of the season was kind of, um, I was there, but I wasn't really there mentally. Um, and then that second half of the, of my senior year semester, right. That was going to be my first semester where I had no, nothing to do with athletics, right. No breakfast checks, no practice. Right. Um, but for that entire semester, I was grinding, I was interviewing, I was revising my uh, resume. I was, um, practicing doing case studies. So, um, and I loved it. I loved every part about it. Kind of looking back, at it, you know, I think that's really what got me prepared for that transition into corporate America, for sure. That's that that warrants a ton of respect, man. Um, you had two huge life events happen at once, and you handled it gracefully. And uh, you're employed now, and that's that's awesome. I think that's that's worth celebrating, and especially for the fact that all the emotions that come with being not only a part of a new family, but that senior year of college football is, is incredible. And yeah, it, it, there, there's definitely a transition from what I've noticed. Like I was a part of the business school and I'm pretty sure the majority of athletes at my college were in the business school too. And there is a legitimate like need. And it's so important for that transition to be smooth because most people who are doing like college football at that level, they're probably in the summer not doing internships. They're not doing the things that the rest of us are. So it's so necessary for them to nail that first bit and and, and, and uh, acclimate because a lot of them do right. not end up going pro. And that's just kind of the nature of it. But what was it yeah. like for you transitioning? Yeah, for sure. So, so before I answer that question, I, I think um, – I think a lot of players at our school, right, um, actually did a, a much better job at, at kind of solidifying internships and kind of going through um, the requirements of, of kind of the business school as opposed to someone at these high top performing schools, right? Um, you know, the type of athletes we're bringing in aren't necessarily comparable to, you know, these SEC, especially football players, right? Um, so I think if we do the comparison, I, I think our school did a much better job in preparation um, because we, we didn't necessarily have a lot of guys thinking they were going to the next level, especially under the, um, the old. <laughs> yeah. Right? So um, in, in that perspective, I think we, they did a, a pretty good job. Now, can they do better? Absolutely. Um, and and kind of with this new transition where we're at now with that team, that football team, right? Now we're looking at kind of the different type of athlete we're bringing in. We're not bringing in that full student athlete. We're getting more players that, that are typically wanting to go to the league, which will decrease the amount of people that actually make that transition into corporate America. Um, so that's, uh, I just wanted to address that. Good. Question. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I needed that. And then, so for me, um, I think my perspective or my experience was, was very unique because coming in 
my freshman year, I was undersized. I wasn't fast enough. I, I knew kind of early on that I wasn't a league guy. Um, so I kind of already had it set subconsciously, kind of psychologically built up that, hey, I, you know, you know, my piece of the pot isn't going to be through football. It's going to be through corporate America. And I'm going to end up corporate climbing. Um, that was my goal. Um, and, you know, I, at the time I did my best and I, you know, I, was, I, I did well on the football field, well enough to kind of play every game and kind of be, be out there. So um, it was great. But in the back of my head, kind of with things winding down, I, I knew I was, I was getting ready to make that transition. Um, what, what for me, I had a good group of friends, five, six, seven friends that had the same mindset that I did. Right. We, we knew we weren't league guys, so um, we were helping each other out. Um, so I really think in order to make that transition, you need a, a, a group of people that are like minded. Um, and, and then just from the perspective of football, right, you're with each other. What, nine, 11, 10, 11, 12 hours a day for four years. Right. You're in a group setting. Right. And then all of a sudden it's over. Right. You're not seeing your friends on an everyday basis. Like literally holidays, everything we, we spent together, right? And then when it ends, um, you're kind of lost in limbo, right? And, and you kind of feel like you're, you're stuck or, or you're, you're by yourself. Um, and, and most of that is just in, in terms of geographical uh, location, right? Everyone mm-hmm. kind of, you don't get to see people as much. So I, I think that's what makes it tough is the psychological aspect of being with so many people on, on, in, on an everyday basis to being with maybe two, three people, right? So it's a big difference. So there was two things that you pointed out. One was basically like the administration helps you, the regime, whatever you want to call it, the the coaches, the school. That is incredibly necessary. But two, that support system, those people you had, that, that foundation that these people you were relying on, not only off the field, but on the field, and... They were going through that battle like you as well. Absolutely. I, I would say in my ex- my own experiences, I really wish I would have had that. Um, track is a team sport, but it's also not a team sport. Of all the tra- of all the track athletes, though, that run unattached, mm-hmm. they're compared to the ones that don't is incredibly incredibly small. Um, so it man the way that you describe it it would have been great if I had people who like really understood um, how much did that foundation help you with working and then post football like them as friends how how is it how are those relationships that you had how did those like connect until that ne- next phase in your life oh man that's a great question I love that question that group of friends. That is my go-to group of friends in my everyday life. Um, we're at the same points in our careers within our own industry and in our own space. Um, but these guys, we're all on the same page, man, on, on every single phase of life. Um, um, one of one of them actually married me in May. They were my pastor. They got ordained, married me. Um, my other buddy just got engaged. We're all in the wedding. Um, my other buddy's about to um, propose. We're all in that wedding. Um, so it's, it's really a lifelong bond. And, um, you know, we talk about brotherhood within football and, and brotherhood um, kind of within our everyday life. Um, and, you know, ideally, you know, we were such a, a, a tight class, like our class in itself. We had probably 25 people within our class and we were really tight. 
Um, but when you kind of get to that level of post-grad, you can only allocate so much time to so many people, right? There's only so many, so many hours in a day. Um, so, um, that's, that's the unfortunate fact, but what's nice about my class and kind of the understood, um, method behind all of our friendships are, Hey, we understand that we're all busy. We understand that we're all grinding, but when we see each other, it's all love, man. So I, I think kind of just getting into that headspace and understanding, um, just like people, people have shit to do, right? Um, and not holding it against them because I, I, that's where you start to see that toxicity or that um, that type of negative energy is when you're expecting something out of someone else and they can't reciprocate that action back. So, yeah, um, long-winded answer, man. Uh, you know, these guys are. Uh, I lean on these guys pretty much weekly. You know, we 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 talk politics. We talk. Um, real estate, we talk investments, man, and that's that's a type of circle, and that's the type of energy you need to be around, especially at this point in our lives, man. Twenty three, twenty four, twenty five years old. This is this is really the the you know the critical point um, to kind of setting yourself up for success in the future. Yeah, you you brought up a good point, which I liked, is that you talked about investing. Um, this isn't necessarily like one hundred percent related to college athletes, but pro athletes. I was watching Hard Knocks, and I think it was a couple seasons ago. Yeah, I might have been the Texans. They were talking about how important investing is, and when it comes to like rookies, a lot of them make that like mistake of trying to like act like the um, like the veterans, and they're not making that veteran money. And so, what's really important for them is that they not only get like financial advisors, but they invest really early. And one of the veterans was making the point that spending like thousand dollars now to them would be like a million like when they're retired so don't spend it like how you would want to and sure. i think i'm lucky with my support system that like how you had it we're all on the same page at least for the most part that we need to invest early we needed to have saved early and we also needed to do like retirement investing two like slightly different things but they're all kind of like different sides of the same coin and i think sure. that culture of everyone in your group is doing kind of the same thing, but it's positive, like you're saying. If they're all doing that positive thing, you're gonna be doing that positive thing too, right? And That's unfortunately, right. like sometimes it can be a little negative, like when everyone's doing the bad thing, but it's so important yeah. for everyone to be on that positive side. So I never realized like how important picking your friends and making sure like that they're improving and that they're like uplifting you in your life yeah. i never realized how important that is until like the the, the older i got so i'm Absolutely. actually gonna hit you yeah go ahead so i actually yeah yeah to just piggyback off of that i think another key point within when you kind of figure out that friend group right that successful friend group that, that you want to kind of be around it's about holding each other accountable right there's been numerous times where you know one or two of us are kind of slipping off or um, you know, questions come up and we'll always be there to say, hey, uh, this is our honest feedback, right? And I think it's very crucial, especially in that friend group, to be as, as, as honest as you can with all of them because um, that's how you hold each other accountable and that's how um, you get better as a whole. Yeah. I, I think the holding yourself, holding each other accountable is what a good friend does. And you can you can tell who like a good friend is if they will call you out on that compared to like if they just let it go. Like I yeah, think the good friend 
versus like the best friend or like rather the friend the friend versus the good friend if you're like at a party you drank way too much and now you're puking is the good friend taking videos of you and be like oh shit or are they helping you get hydrated are they helping you like those are the people that's the accountability and i was i was talking about this yes i think i was talking about this morning like love isn't always like pretty and it's not always beautiful it's not always this like happiness and it it's I like I like the fact that love can be ugly like that. That yeah. love is a choice, and I'm choosing to like help you. You're vomiting and you're you're drunk, and I'm. But this is I'm doing it because I love you, because I know you'll be okay because of that. And it's 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 not always like so beautiful and happy, but I like the fact more that love is looks like that because it's real and it's like, and it and it, and it means something more than just like the butterflies and the and the flowers that, you, that I think is people tend to portray what love is. That's you know? right. Yeah, no doubt. I, you know, love, love's complicated, right? Um, and we want it to be, right? We don't want everything to be cookie cutter and straightforward, man. Life life isn't like that, man. So don't, if you don't get, if you get caught in that mindset, everything's going to be, you know, a, a disappointment. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. That was the end of episode two, part one. I really enjoyed this conversation and I feel like we made some great points on some topics we're genuinely passionate about. Be on the lookout for part two. Uh, No one really cares though. 